Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right, we're getting everybody in. Um, while we do that, because it's always fun to ask this question, and Rob, because you look like you're in a very unique place, <laughs> can you tell us about where you're my life? Story my life. There, there, there we go. Where the heck are you? What is that in your background? Uh, well, a stove, oh. a cupboard. Okay. Uh, I am in the Colorado History Museum in Denver, Colorado. All right. And I'm in Denver to speak at a megastar sales conference. And bop uh, down here. It's, it's, I like museums. You know, a few what was it, a month or two ago? I think I I, I went to the uh, shrimp fishing uh, China camp in in the Bay Area. And yep. Anyway, we di- we digress. We digress. We digress. But I'm I was actually really surprised that that's a stove behind you. Maybe it's like the plastic cover or the glass cover thing that's throwing me off. But it it looked like lab equipment from here. Based on like the labeling of the, oh yeah, now I see it. Now I see it. Okay, it looks like a stove now. <laughs> there you go. It's there even got go. some coal right beside it. They did such a good <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, that, would, that, would, that would have been what I used to cook, coal. Well, speaking <laughs> of coal, it is really cold across most places in the country right now. In fact, Ryan says he's getting some snow. Right. Yeah, it's been it's been a long cold week in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, it's not not weather we're used to for sure. Well, maybe Rob can bring you some coal, and you can you can warm up a little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off before we digress too much. Um, welcome everybody. I am Melissa Langdale. I'm the president and COO of the Mortgage Collaborative. Uh, joined as always by Rob Chrisman. And today's very special guest is Brian Atkins, the EVP of Mortgage Production for First Horizon Bank. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, and you're in Little Rock. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And it's snowing there. Uh, it's not snowing today, but it was snowing. It was snowing earlier in the week and it's kind of stuck around for the last few days. So we're just kind of thawing out. Does everything shut down when it snows? Yeah, it's it's we're just incapacitated when it snows, even even the littlest bit. You know, it's, we're we're not prepared for it. The homes aren't built for it. You know, it's just uh, it's an unusual scenario for us. Yeah. So so the last time I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, <laughs> was uh, at an event, and a storm was coming in. And they warned everybody, hey, if you want to leave now, leave now. Uh, of course, that was right when I was about to give my speech. So I think I spoke to about eight people. But uh, the the roads, I've got on the road to go to the airport to fly out. And everybody was going, you know, one mile an hour. And I'm, I was getting frustrated, but it didn't matter because when I got to the airport, because there was like a half an inch of snow, the airport was shut down. And it, this was on a Wednesday, and it remained shut down until Friday, maybe even Saturday. Anyway, so snow. Yeah, we we all just take a snow day, adults and kids alike, you know. And uh, 
(laughs) we just kind of, you know, take a break for a minute until it thaws out. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So how are things at first horizon? They're good. You know, um, 23 was a tough year, but, uh, it, it's, we've gotten off to a good start. Um, you know, applications are, are up, um, not translating to a lot of new locks yet. I think we're still pretty low on inventory across most of our major, um, MSAs in our footprint, but, um, but yeah, it's promising, you know, you know, dropping rates at the end of the year and some new applications. I think it's, uh, it's a, it's a better start to the year than I thought it was going to be in November for sure. And most everybody here, I think, has a good sense of who First Horizon is. But but tell us a little bit about, you know, the mortgage base at First Horizon. Um, you know, what what do you think kind of makes y'all? Um, we have some we have an AI participant today. I just saw in our <laughs> in our chat. Um, so what 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 makes you guys unique? What um, you know, as you look at kind of, uh, you know, 2024 going forward, what do you think kind of sets you guys apart? Well, um, so we're, for those of you who don't know First Horizon, we're a 80 plus billion dollar bank located, headquartered in Memphis, Tennessee, and our originating footprint, we, we originate all over the, the U.S., but um, our, our physical footprint is the 12 states in the southeastern U.S., and then we also have a bank and a mortgage office in Manhattan. Um, you know, as far as what makes us unique, um, I really think, um, you know, operationally, um, we even, you know, during peak volumes of 2021, 22, we really perform very well, um, at least from a pure benchmarking standpoint. You know, we were always, you know, well, well ahead uh, from a turn time standpoint. We have a um, wide range of products, you know, both portfolio and secondary products. So I think that's somewhat unique. Um, to, I mean, a lot of banks have portfolio products, but um, um, not everyone. Um, so those those are those are some of the things that make us unique, and um, you know, really kind of set us apart. Oh, you're muted, Rob. All right, I'm back. Okay. So, Melissa, can can everybody? See, can everybody on the call read what's in the chat box? Yes. You saw it flash up. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sitting here looking at this. So we have the the old, Ryan, don't look at me when I say old, but I mean, like, you know, they got the stove and all this. And we have the new, this, hi, I'm an AI assistant. Yeah. Helping Teresa Rose take notes for this meeting. What the heck? It's it's actually heck? really amazing. If you've not used those platforms, and I've not used the one that she's using right now, but there are several out there um, that that kind of consolidate notes for the meetings, actually put them in an organized fashion, so that it's not necessarily just like a transcript, um, but it actually you know organizes the thoughts uh, behind the meeting for you too. So it's it actually is really cool. Wow. Yeah. Is anybody else on the, I want to see in the chat, like who else has used those in the past? Um, and if there's any other recommendations as we're, we're, you know, chatting here today. Does it, does it make dinner? <laughs> does it make dinner? Make dinner? <laughs> that one you're, you're on your own for. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have to wait on Tesla's robot to, uh, to fix that problem. <laughs> 
I want to talk about innovation a little bit since we're on this topic. And frankly, I just love to talk about innovation. <laughs> um, you know, thinking about what where the market's heading, you know, what what you guys have kind of done to to prepare your sales team for um, for more in 2024, we talk about this a lot. Um, you know, are you seeing anything out there that's that's truly innovative from a, a solution perspective? Whether that be kind of products related, technology related, you know, what are some of the things that your your LOs are asking for that they're um, they're seeing? Sure. Um, so this is probably not a very exciting answer, um, but since you mentioned product, uh, product specifically and technology specifically, you know, we always do regular evaluations of our product, our products, our process, technology stack and all of those things. And when we were at the end of 23, kind of looking forward to 24, what's, what's there that we could take advantage of, um, that would help us be more successful in 24 and, you know, as I mentioned, we have a wide range of secondary products, a wide range of portfolio products. Um, I don't think that we, we didn't believe that adding a, a single product or a set of products was going to be, you know, the game changer in 24. Um, and same thing from a technology standpoint. I would think that probably most folks on the on the call are pretty comfortable with their tech stack. I mean, we're always looking for um, for new options and new things to add. Um, but as far as what was going to make us successful in 24, there didn't seem to be a magic bullet, right? So instead of looking to what we could add, we really kind of took the approach um, to do more of a, we challenged our team to do more of a 23 self-reflection, like an honest assessment of how did you spend your time in 23? Was it waiting? Was it worrying? Or was it working, right? Waiting on rates to come back, uh, worrying about things you can't control like low inventory, or were you out trying to strengthen old relationships, build new relationships, and kind of capture some market share during the during the downturn? Um, so you know, we we really kind of ask them to. Some of the questions we ask were, you know, what did you do to, what activities did you do in 23 that helped you acquire new business, right? Or what um, what technology do we already have available that you're not fully taking advantage of? You know, sometimes when you need new clothes, you got to shop in your closet first, right? And so we were, you know, we really try to ask everybody to reevaluate. What do you know about our product set? What part of our product set are you not using? You know, what, who were your top COIs in 23 and why? Who were your top realtors that didn't send you any business in 23 and why, and really kind of take a look at um, all of those things and try to find what you can lean into rather than looking to some new product or some new technology to, to solve for that. So not really, not really innovation in a sense, but uh, you know, that was our approach. Well, you bring up a good point of understanding the data that's really, um, you know, driving results, right? You're, um, you know, number one, asking for everybody to to make sure they're leveraging your existing, you know, products and tools. Frankly, I, I think that is is kind of like low hanging fruit for everybody. There's, um, you know, oftentimes updates and and um, um, you know, new versions of software or technology that come out on a regular basis. And if you're not kind of keeping up with the the updates along the way, you can lose an opportunity to really, um, you know, either create efficiencies uh, in your process or a better customer experience in some cases, depending on the platform. So, and then I like what you said about really understanding like where they were spending their time, where they were getting their most referrals from. 
um, oftentimes that can get kind of lost in um, LOS platforms or, or um, you know, it, it, so understanding that data, I think can be, can be critical. I, I've been a little bit distracted though by Rob because he went from this, this place of, you could see he was making friends with lots of kiddos behind him. And now he looks like he's in a, in a closet. Where are you now? Well, I am in a teepee. Oh, I see. <laughs> that is really cool. <laughs> Even as a buffalo rug. That is very cool. Anyway. All right. Yeah, the old and the new. I mean, we're, I'm in a teepee and you're talking about technology issues. That's, uh, yeah. that's really Yep. It's, it is interesting, uh, interesting conversation based on where you're at for sure. <laughs> yes. So Ryan, are you, it used to be that, um, I'll interject here, but it used to be that that vendor management was almost an afterthought. And now, you know, ven- the v- vendor management role is a, like a C-suite position because of mm-hmm. all the vendors that companies are dealing with and, and, whether it's LOS or hedging companies or CRMs or uh, credit reporting agencies, whatever it might be. Have you, do you have a person who does just that or is everybody kind of in charge of their own vendor relationships? Uh, So we have, we have point people within the line of business at first horizon within the mortgage group that are owners of those relationships, but we do have a separate procurement area or vendor management area that, um, you know, maintains all of the contract work, um, all the compliance risk, um, you know, any type of vendor risk, really, you know, that, that manages that separately. And how do you, like, if I, if I were a vendor, let's say I was uh, owned an AMC or a mm-hmm. CRA or an LOS or some other acronym, some other abbreviation, what is the best way? I mean, what, there's a lot of turmoil now. Um, what, what what is what is a way into your organization? Uh, if if you know I've got this whiz bang product, do I just hit you up at a conference? Uh, is it do I do I start talking to your uh, originators at the branch level? Do I go straight to the top? I mean, what? How does that? How does how does a new vendor gain access to First Horizon? Sure, um, you know we're we're always um, open to new vendors and new opportunities to change our technology stack. So from, from where I sit, and I can only speak for me personally, I'm eager to hear from, you know, new vendors and new opportunities to, to change those things. So, so in our organization, it starts with, with me or with our, you know, director of secondary marketing or um, director of strategic initiatives, or, you know, someone in that top level of marketing, I mean, uh, mortgage management, um, our, our mortgage management structure, that's where you begin. Um, you know, just to be frank, it, it really kind of nothing frustrates me more than, uh, you know, hitting up our LOs to have them, you know, start chirping. Right. So that's uh, that that tends to get under my skin a little bit. But um, so I, I would say bring it on. You know, we're we're here to to listen and um, I'm open to. You know, to to hearing what anybody has to pitch. Well, Brian, I've got a question, I I think. Uh, yeah. And it's a little bit, you know, off topic from where Rob was just going, but, you know, you're leading a very large sales team across the country. 
Um, you know, you're talking to loan officers all day. Um, you know, are you start to look at um, the industry as a whole and the more people that you're talking to, are there people trying to get in right now? Do you see, you know, kind of um, people stepping into mortgage as a career in the midst of, you know, I, I see that much anymore. This is what we've got from the tribal representative. So, yeah. Uh, does someone in the TP have a question? I think uh, there might be some background noise coming. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I think I caught most of your questions. So I think it was about, do, do we see people, you know, interested in, in getting into the mortgage business, right? Um, ironically, I have a meeting with uh, with a young guy on Monday who um, wants to do just that, right? Or wants to at least explore the opportunity. You know, obviously in a down cycle, I think you see more people getting out of the industry than you do eager to get into the industry. But, um, you know, I, I, and I don't, this may be an opinion unique to me, but I think it's still a great opportunity. You know, I've, I've had a 20 year career in mortgage, didn't intend to be in mortgage um, like probably a lot of folks when, um, when I got into the business. And I think that uh, as long as you have the right attitude and the right aptitude and you understand that what you're getting into is an annuitizing business. um, You know, I think, I think there is an opportunity to be successful. I think, I think you have to have, there's two things you have to have. You have to have a mentor. You have to have somebody who's willing to, to teach you. I think training is probably um, a deficiency across our industry, especially, you know, where I sit or the companies that I've worked for. And, um, and I think that, well, with the exception of TMCU, we, uh, we just put some folks through. So I'll put a, I'll put a plug for TMCU. I think that went really well. And, and, um, you know, excited, excited to try to try more opportunities like that. But um, yeah, I think as long as you've got a, a good mentor and you've got somebody to hold you accountable, those are two key things that, um, you know, would be beneficial for somebody joining the industry. And can I add a third? Um, yeah. that, that would be hunger, right? They, they got to have a drive. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think as long as you have those three things, you're, you're golden. Um, I, I think yeah, I see, I see some newer to the industry, um, mortgage professionals right now, knocking it out of the park. Um, for a couple of reasons, one is they're they're bringing uh, they're bringing energy and enthusiasm to what they're doing. Um, they're you know they're um, uh, always you know available to answer questions like nothing that's you know rocket science to most people that are on this call right they're they're consistently answering their phones they're um you know they they've got this kind of hunger and drive and they're bringing energy with them uh, along the way and it it energy creates momentum. Um, you know, I, I, I know of a loan officer right now um, that is about two and a half years into the business and, and closing about $75 million uh, last year. So it, it is possible, but it requires a lot of drive and a lot of energy um, and the, the attention to detail that can come from learning from somebody really great. So um, I love that. And so no Melissa, their name. Uh, y'all can't go recruiting them. Like there's, <laughs> I won't do that to them. But um, there, it's totally possible. So, do you view that person once again without revealing their name or their company? But do you view that person as they are going to stay with that company for years and years and years, or do you see that kind of successful person uh, hopping from one company to another? 
You know, at the end of the day, I don't think any of us can say that we will, you know, or or um, very probably few people on this call have stayed at the, the same company for their entire career. I've seen it, but it's it is rare. Um, I think there is something to be said, though, about investing in individuals and continuing to invest in them. Um, you know, I, I think Ryan and and one of the things you just mentioned is is you know kind of looking at training platforms. Like you're you're very focused on kind of investing in your team um, consistently, and I think that goes a long ways to retaining really good um, really good originators and really good teammates as a whole. Yeah, the the, the approach we take. The approach we take is, is, I mean, we're obviously concerned about, you know, the same, same thing you mentioned, Rob, but, you know, if, if we help someone launch their career, or even if they're mid-career and they move to us, you know, I want people on our team, I want salespeople on our team that are getting recruited all the time, because that means we have the right people, right? And as long as we're, as long as we're the, uh, you know, providing them with the tools that they need to be successful and the in an environment where they can flourish, then, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have too much concern about them, you know, leaving and, and taking a different opportunity. Yeah. Always, always re-recruiting, right? That's so, Ryan, get, we're talking about recruiting. The analytical capabilities for lenders right now uh, mm-hmm. are, you know, they continue to improve. Have you ever had companies be interested in a branch or individual in your organization and you start to slice and dice their production and and say, go ahead, knock yourself out. You know, you aren't really making us any money. So uh, feel free to take that call from that recruiter. Yeah. You know, we, we, um, we do regular profitability um, evaluations across you know, from the region level to the market level to branch level, all the way down to the individual LO. And so, um, you know, we, we, we tend to try to head those things off, right? So if you're not a profitable originator, we try to get you to a place where you are a profitable originator um, rather than, you know, waiting for that to happen. But yeah, I mean, you know, we have to, it definitely weighs into our decision on whether or not we make an additional effort you know, to retain someone um, at, when they're being recruited, for sure. I think there's also a, you know, a pulse. I, I like what you said about making sure that they, you, you help them towards a path of being profitable. Sometimes they don't have awareness of what that really means or what it looks like, right? Um, you know, what they're, they're driven by getting the deal. Um, but there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes to, um, to drive really profitability in what they're doing. Um, you know, and if, if I look at what's coming in 2024, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, EPOs coming potentially, uh, renegotiations that we're, you know, going to have to tackle with the team, you know, as you look at, at those sort of things, how are you helping your sales team to understand how those things impact their world and, um, and you know, first horizons mm-hmm. world as a whole? Yeah, so I, I get, um, and I don't say this, you know, to pat myself on the back, it's probably more of a problem than, than a solution, but I'm, you know, generally transparent to a fault sometimes um, about all of those things where we're going from, as a company, um, you know, where, uh, where our margin structure is. I mean, like it's, it's, I think the more information you can give the team and 
uh, shine more light on how we're oper- how we're you know operating as a, as a company, the more they can relate to that on the individual level. Um, you know, we try to share uh, practices across different regions. I mean, Miami, for instance, is wildly different than Fayetteville, Arkansas, right? Or you know, you could make any you can make 10,000 comparisons just in our 12 states. Right. And, uh, and, but there is, there are things that they can leverage. And so the more opportunity you have to share among the group, I think that collaboration is great. We have regular focus groups with our top originators and take their feedback and try to implement that. That's also a platform for us to disseminate information through the rest of the group too. Um, you know, as they, as they, the rest of the originators look to those leaders to, to, um, to try to understand what's going on. So, I mean, those are just a few things that we do um, to try to help with that. I, I think that's fantastic. All of those things. Oh, and I have to, I have to comment Tim in the chat. Um, we were talking about training and he says that it reminds him of the saying, what happens if we train them and they leave? Well, what happens if we train them, if we don't train them and they stay? <laughs> uh, <so laughs> no you know, doubt. Fantastic point, Tim. <laughs> Very true words. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you, uh, so you're, Ryan, you're in 12 states now? Yes, 12, 12 states plus New York, um, you know, but, but only in the Manhattan area. So a lot of companies won't do business in New York, or they'll say, we're licensed in 49 states. We're not licensed in New York. And I'll say, why? Oh, you know, it's too much of a hassle. There's, you know, delinquency and foreclosure issues, the value of servicing, yada, yada, yada. But you're in New York. How's that working? Why did you decide to go into New York and how's that working out? Well, it, it, uh, I have to admit it wasn't my decision. It was, um, you know, we gained that market through an acquisition. Um, there was a bank in South Florida that our bank acquired and they had an office in, in Manhattan. But, um, you know, the, the business that we've been able to gain out of New York has been extremely profitable over the years. Um, our our single originator there has been one of the top originators in our company um, ever since we've made that acquisition. And uh, really, it was more in support of the bank um, is what I would answer, Rob, than than really targeting New York as an opportunity for us. And why do you have do you have a lot of demand to go into states that you're not in now? Uh, a little bit, but we, you know, we, we are in a couple of states from a mortgage, pers- we're in Missouri from a mortgage perspective and Mississippi from a mortgage perspective, and we're not there from a bank perspective. So, um, you know, we're always looking at opportunities, but again, it ties back to profitability and really um, we, the bank would prefer us to stay within our footprint. You know, I mean, that's natural, I think. Um, but if we see an opportunity that, um that could be good for both parties, then we would absolutely explore it. I want to pull on that just for a minute, because one of the strategies I've seen a couple of, of top LOs do is they're, they're really expanding where they're licensed, right? They're, they're kind of expanding their market just to, you know, keep, keep volume growing. Um, Are you seeing that with your team as well, where they're starting to, um, you know, reach out into, into new markets? Uh, Yeah, we've got a few, um, We've got a few folks. I see it more cross footprint than I do really out of our physical footprint. Um, but yeah, we we that same thing's true for originators in North Carolina doing tons of business in Texas or Texas and Florida or all over the place. It's kind of a you know spider web now. Um, and 
you know, I encourage it. I love it. You know, and we, we do originate all 48 contiguous states, but we don't market outside of our physical footprint. And so, um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to answer that. We don't allow them really to chase business outside the footprint. So, um, but within the footprint, it's, it's free for all. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And are you retaining servicing? We do. Yes. We have a fairly large servicing book, um, split about 50, 50 between what we've, um, originated held for investment in the portfolio versus what we just retained servicing rights on. And do you have a team that uh, works with works with your servicing portfolio? You know, I've, I've heard different names of those teams, you know, portfolio, defense team. Uh, you know, do you have a group that markets and talks to your servicing portfolio? Um, well, we have, uh, so our, our, our servicing portfolio, we have a, we have a uh, subservicing governance team that, you know, deals with the interaction between our servicer and, and our servicing book. But um, the, the retention efforts and the things that you're, you're talking about are really, they fall on us as a mortgage line of business. We have, um, you know, as far as the technology stuff we were talking about before, I think there's some things that are just table stakes for an originator. Um, You know, you have to have a good CRM so that they can, um, you know, stay on top of their own database, give us visibility into their database so that we can help them, you know, um, market to those individuals and, and, um, uh, and really you kind of have to have a good, well, you don't kind of, you definitely have to have a good self-service marketing platform of some sort to, to be able to, to do that. Um, which I think keeps us from having to have a separate team for retention. When we look at what, what we're able to retain out of that servicing portfolio, I think we do, we fare pretty well compared to, uh, you know, industry averages. The, um, there've been some kids going by, I think they are going to look at the anatomically correct Buffalo statue uh, that's, that's in the lobby. So, but if they start, (laughs) start coming in, I'll have to move out of the teepee. Okay. (laughs) We'll stay on mortgage for a minute. <laughs> we we really we only have um, you know probably time for for one more question. I, I think you know you talked a little bit about leveraging kind of your CRM platform. Um, you know some of the top originators across the country have really been fantastic database marketers, right? Um, and the CRM platform goes into that. Um, you know, but. You know, as you're looking at kind of tools for your originators, do you have all of that kind of built for them so that it's easy? Are there, um, or um, you know, do you provide some resources to help them to kind of pull it together on their own? Uh, well, so we have um, we do have a CRM, right? So we provide that to them. Um, we we have some different automated uh, services that we use to help them market through social media or um, other platforms, you know, that kind of, so they're not having to constantly maintain visibility with their client base or their, you know, realtors, um, COIs. So we, um, we provide them, you know, continuous content. I think that's the other thing you got to, you got to be refreshing your content all the time to, um, to be able to stay relevant in that, in that way. And so, I mean, yeah, we, we provide them. I think that, uh, you know, there's probably some that would say we could do more, but uh, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we get the basics done for sure. 
there's always opportunities for more. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's that, that is, uh, it's always a, uh, always a thing. Um, all right, Rob, any, any last question for you? Nope. Okay. We are right up at time, Ryan. I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, for everybody that joined us here, uh, if this has been valuable for you, make sure to subscribe to YouTube um, or our TMC Connect podcast channel. Would love to, to see you there. And uh, if not, we will see you next week right here. Have a good weekend. Everybody. And if we didn't get to if we didn't get to any of your questions, feel free to reach out to me directly. I'd be happy to answer them. So fill up my inbox. All right. Thanks, folks. Fantastic. See Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.